Here's Kulisevsky. Pulled right across, deflected in, and Sarah scores! What a moment for Papsar! His first goal for Tottenham! Kulisevsky. Son, Madison. The beautiful ball out to Perisic. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, Season 13, Episode 2. I'm ASD. I'm Chris. I'm Jack. I'm Rob. The gang's here. And it's, it's amazing how the gang comes together when we're in a good mood. And uh, it's, it's nice to see. <laughs> it's a bit... By the end of last season, it was hard work. <laughs> uh, loads to talk about. We haven't, pod, we haven't podded in two weeks. The season's only been going two weeks, so we're already falling behind. Uh, very quickly, there's some big things that have happened in that time so one uh harry kane left everyone has said everything there is to say about it obviously we're all a bit sad but i don't know i i, I don't i didn't feel that sad chris how did you feel i mean i've i did feel sad at the time in fact watching his oh, goodbye video um tab came in and found me crying and was wondering what was going on and that was why and the only thing that i was reflecting on yesterday and i know this is about yesterday but it's also about harry is it makes me wonder that if we had any manager in the last four years that had played anything like the football we were playing yesterday, it's like how many he would have already broken Shearer's record. And so, you know, I mean, that's a whole other way of thinking about it. It's like we might have scored loads of goals. We might still might not have won anything, but at least it have broken the record still. So that's what I was thinking about yesterday. It's like what a contribution he would make to this new team. And I bet he was thinking that while he was sitting there watching it as well. Rob, how does how does him leaving sit on the scale of like players leaving and you feeling hurt? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Was the... I was quite surprised. So I'm I was really sad that he that he went a bit, bit like like you, Chris. I must confess, no tears. But I am what I'm mostly sad by is that we haven't been able, despite all the money and the investment and the managers and everything else, to be able to build a team that really was successful enough to make him want to stay i was really really quite frustrated and sad about that i'd say though i was i even though i personally thought at the start of the window with all the noise and everything that he was definitely going to be sold as soon as he wasn't going to sign that contract there ain't no way on god's earth that daniel levy is walking away from 100 million pounds um and letting him go for free to a to a competitor like direct competitor so I was fairly clear about that, so therefore there wasn't a shock. But I am very shocked that he went, I have to say. I thought that <clears throat> I don't really understand why he's gone now. I don't know why he wouldn't stay. Uh, unless the club were like, look, we actually want to sell you. I don't know why he wouldn't say, look, do you know what? I'm not leaving. You can do what you like. You know, they're going to play him. It's not like they're not going to play him. And then take his free or sign another contract at Spurs and get his statue and, and, and do whatever. I was I was very surprised that he didn't take his free if he was planning on leaving and, ba- and banking a ton of money. But look, he's he, he's been an unbelievable player. There were 
many unbelievable players before him and I'm sure we'll find another one at some point. So there you go. Jack, who's the player that made you the saddest when um, they left? Th- uh, this one was bad for, I felt, six of the core, to be honest. Um, really? Uh, I, I just, it felt like it was all broken when when I was watching it. Um, and the, the footage of him when he was walking up those stairs having the medical just made me think of the Berbatov. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember when he went to United and there was the, his head and you saw Ferguson. Yeah. You like, um, I, it, it, I was, I was, I felt quite low about it to be honest because I just think he symbolised one of your own. I, I think that's why it hurt me more than anything else. Um, so I put that one right up there to be honest. Normally with transfers, um, you see them coming, and this one felt like it came out. Of, I know Bond had been linked with him for ages, but it felt like just linked with him, and I think it just the actual deal seemed to happen in the space of a day. And it was like, that's it, he's gone. I couldn't believe it. I I, I tuned in for the German Community Shield when um, Bayern Leipzig, um, and I at half time when Leipzig were turning up, I wanted him to come on and score a hat-trick and him to win it. And I was just like, this feels odd. Like, why am I sat here watching the German Community Shield? Like, you know, I'd never do that for another player leaving. Um, so I, I struggled with it, but... Um, You've got to try and move on, haven't you? Like, that's all you can. It just, uh, I think, for me, he's just sort of symbolised hope um, over the last three, four, five years where it's been pretty poor. Um, But after yesterday, we've got new hope now. So, you know, maybe it's definitely softened it, putting in a performance like we did against United and, and winning and just playing good football like that has really made it easy. If we'd have got thumped 3-0 or something you'd have just been like where's the season going so it felt like it was a uh, an important day yesterday your point Chris though I think he, he would have scored a shed load of goals in that team this season like can you imagine you know it was made for him wasn't it so, so it sort of highlights the problems that they now face that they've got to figure that out and makes it even more frustrating that he still chose to do it you know it's weird and because we're going to go and try and find another striker now invariably and it's like finding a striker is really hard but I guess I guess he felt sort of you know that he was off he was promised that he could leave um and Mm. that this isn't matching his ambitions and whatever else it is but like you say it's just I guess it, it came down to as you say not wanting him to go on a free because at least he could control where he goes and he's not going to end up at Chelsea or he's not going to end up, you know, with a rival, you know? I, I actually as well, I, um, I, I think that it's a smart move for him going to Germany. Like, I think there's been a lot of talk about why would you want to go and play in the Bundesliga? You can't for Bayern Munich. They're mm. one of the biggest clubs in the world. Like, if you look back at history, Bayern have always dominated. He's got a great opportunity at winning the Champions League. Like, You'd say it's pretty much guaranteed to win a league title this year because they've won it for the last is it seven or eight years. So, you, you know, you'd assume that they'll win that. But um, I think it's a really smart move. Like He's going to an absolute giant of a club. He's away from all of the English media. Like, you know, he's not going to have, a, you know, a microphone in his face after every game saying, what's it like? You know, how, look, did you see that Spurs have won? Like, they don't care about Spurs out there. He can He can be proper rid of you know, everything and actually have a proper fresh start. If he'd have gone to United or City, you know, or, or wherever in, in England, like he would, he never would have been able to have escaped it. And I think there would have been a lot of Spurs fans that would have seen him as, 
maybe traitors a little bit too strong, but he would have been actively disliked by by Spurs fans. I think him going there, he he wins. You know, the the club are happy they've got a fee for him. He's gonna he's one hundred percent going to win stuff over the next three or four years. That's a guarantee because you, you don't not win at Bayern. Um, he's got a great shot at the Champions League. He's kind of a proper new life on a fresh start. I I think it was a really smart move. I think that Bayern have been. I've been quite surprised reading everything about Bayern. You know, why would you want to go to Bayern and play in the German league? I, I find that strange. I, I'm not sure. I quite. I, I I understand what you're saying about the Champions League, but otherwise, I don't. I I don't get it because it's like, what good is winning a trophy with a team? If you really care about winning trophies, what good is winning a trophy with a team that always wins trophies? That's not an achievement for you. And you know, like. If you're going to be one of the greatest players ever, then actually being the all-time top scorer in the Premier League is a much bigger achievement than winning a Bundesliga with Bayern Munich. Now, the Champions League is a different proposition, but there's a lot, you know, it takes a lot to win a Champions League. I suppose the dream for us now, well, certainly for me, can't speak for any of you, is that he goes on a great run with the, in the Champions League and knocks out Arsenal. Arsenal. That's what I want to see, frankly. Yeah. Amazing. Wouldn't it be so good? Yeah. I mean, they won it in 2020, didn't they? They beat PSG. They won it in, I'm just looking now, actually, Dortmund. They beat Dortmund in 12-13 and then quarterfinals and they've been in quarters and semis for most of the other time. So they're there or thereabouts. I can't see them winning anytime soon. Like They, they just scraped the league last year due to Dortmund losing it or drawing with the last minute goal right last year so it I, I don't get it I didn't really feel anything that might be me just going numb and being you know do you not think do you not feel like he's joining Bayern Munich like do, you, do, you, do we just in this country not hold Bayern to the same standards as we do Real Madrid Barcelona like it's Bayern Munich I think they're one of the big three for me like Barcelona Real Madrid Bayern Munich I agree with you Jack I think it's an absolutely phenomenal move for him and Munich, by the way, I'm sure if you've been there, or if you haven't, but I mean, it's a wonderful place to live. He's gonna, he's gonna be very, you know, it's a beautiful part of Germany, near the Alps. I mean, it's gonna completely transform his lifestyle. And I haven't seen what his contract is, but I'm sure he's gone for an absolute fortune. But yeah. I don't know. I just, I, in the end, to your point, Jack, I, I just sort of felt like it was a good deal all round. I thought Levy and the Tottenham board did exceptionally well to get that amount of money for a player in his, at his age with a year left, like brilliant. Um, and, you know, and, you know, if he wanted his move and he wanted to try something overseas, good luck to him. You yeah. Know, but I was, I, but I, I was shocked that he chose to go now. What, you know, he could have, you know, the contract he would have got next year would have been mind blowing, I should think. According to the internet, he's on between four hundred and four hundred and eighty thousand pounds a week, which is doubling his money. So mm. a fair play to him, you know. Fair play. And maybe there is a bit of him which didn't want to go to the Premier League and I think there definitely is. I think I think there's a hundred percent a part of that. Like he's a fan, right? He's the same as us. And it's like to get to the point, like the, the bit that I struggle with is as, as a fan, right? I would rather play my whole career at Tottenham and have and, and win nothing and even have no personal records than than win elsewhere. Like I'd want to play for Tottenham. That would be my biggest motivator, without doubt. Um, so I think for him to get to the point as a fan where he's like, actually, I don't see myself playing here anymore. Like that 
that that in itself is a you know that that's not something that's happened this summer that's been brewing for a few years for him to, to have got to that point which is a massive shame because I could never imagine myself as a supporter not wanting to play for Spurs um, or feeling like actually I need to go somewhere else so I think in all of it that's the bit that has, has made me the most like oh like it must be to get to that point as a supporter you know, you you must have to have had a lot of stuff promised to you. Or you must have been frustrated for a long, long time to to get there. I think the other thing about him is, and this is what I was going to say earlier, is I I went to the Brentford game. I was lucky enough to be invited by um one of the Brentford directors, and in the first half, I sat next to John McDermott. So obviously, John McDermott spent a long, a, you know, brought Harry Kane up basically. And the thing that he was saying is that he is just, you know, to use an oft um, sort of banded about phrase is like he's a mentality monster and so I think that's the thing is like his mentality is there and he you know like he has to win some you know like he's a kind of winning machine in that sense you know and all that graft that he's done and everything that he's done to sort of achieve to be the England captain and all the rest of it he seems quite unassuming he cares about his brand obviously um, which is why he'd never go to Arsenal because this guy that I was that took me to this game is an Arsenal fan and he was he'd been winding me up the whole way there saying oh well you know you'd be lucky because he could have gone stayed on a free and gone to Arsenal I was like he'd never go to Arsenal and he was like let's ask John McDermott when we get there and we asked John and John said he would absolutely never in a million years have gone to Arsenal in a million years and that's not just because of his brand it's because of all of the things that we think it is but I think there is something about his mentality as well that is you know so it's not just what he's been promised and the fact that he's a Spurs fan it's like he wants to be the absolute best and at the pinnacle. So to be the England captain, I can't. I don't think we've ever had an England captain that's gone to Germany and won a league or won a Champions League or anything like that. So again, I guess kind of talking myself out of what I said earlier has just kind of occurred to me. So I think there's probably something in that. The brand is an interesting point, isn't it? Because the one we've all we've always said is maybe he could go to Real Madrid. Maybe that would suit him and his talent, but. Like we saw what Real Madrid did to Bale. Like it, it's not just a place to be football. It you have to have a certain brand, and Bale knows his brand. He's just done a lifetime deal with Sketchers. Like he's not the glam, he's not the glamorous person, is he? He's not a Madrid yeah. Madridista. Or, um, mm-hmm. he is a hardcore performance nut, isn't he? And maybe yeah. Bayern is the machine that he needs. I I was more devastated when AVB left when Bale left. I don't know why they just they they seemed. Really? Oh god, I was devastated when Navy B left. I, I, it was just at the peak of when I was going all the time. But when Bale left, do you remember we played that Arsenal game? I think we lost one yeah. nil. I think Giroud scored, yeah. and Bale had refused to play. And then they announced just after the game uh, that Bale had gone. And there was just something about there was just oh, that for me, the, me. The, the difference between this situation and Bale's. I agree with you. I think I was a bit more depressed about Bale. Is Bale left in the middle of a team cycle didn't he a little bit yeah whereas this but Kane has left at the end of a team cycle he's not the only one going a lot you know some of the other players are either now not involved but still there or they're out and you know we it's it's coincided with what feels like a real new beginning for the team and so it's probably made it slightly easier to just to swallow and accept and I'm sure that was part of the club's thinking (laughs) 
uh, you know, if you're gonna let if you're gonna let your talisman overall legend for the last 15 years and record goal scorer leave, this feels like a good time to do it, especially if you're getting 100 million in the back pocket at the same time. Wow, well, we're playing fast youthful <clears throat> football now. Like, but maybe he wouldn't suit this type of football. No, don't obviously, be silly. I'm trying to. He'd be already positive. be on five <laughs> league goals. He'd Mate, already he, be on five. Yeah. Coutinho <laughs> left. Liverpool got better. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. They need a striker. They do need a striker. And Coutinho, what has happened to him? That we've we've seen some falls in the league, but that that's not great. Let, let's talk about yesterday. I mean. The starting eleven, I would say six of them are different from what we finished with last season. So Vicario in goal, Porro, you can argue was there well he was there last year, but he might not have been starting, but Porro starting. But then Van der Ven, Udogi, Saar starting, Basuma, Madison, Richarlison starting. That's six starters. Completely different team. And what a joy it is to watch. What what a joy. I mean, Basuma for me is what everybody thinks Dembele was. Like this controlling player, but Basuma yeah. delivers. <laughs> you know what might be for Dembele about his great on YouTube. statements. <laughs> two, two good games. <laughs> but, but this is what you do if you put loads of them in in order. People forget about half of them and they just remember that the way they made you feel. But Basuma, and it, I, I love him. He might be my new favourite player. Him and Saar, they just look so happy. <laughs> it was a cracking performance, wasn't it? Like, like let's face it, I think. There, there's been some standout performers in both games so far. I, I agree with you. Bissouma has been immense, especially against United yesterday. Um, I, I was a little bit surprised. I'm not going to lie. When I saw the team and I saw that Saar was in for Skip, I thought Skip had a really good game at Brentford. And I was a little bit like, oh, that surprises me. But you could see, couldn't you, after about five minutes, why Saar was in. That midfield three, as well as the quality that they brought to the game, we ran all over them. Um, like I, I'd love to see the stats on distance covered and sprints, but like we, it just felt like we were too powerful for them before we even started playing football. Um, we were just we what it comes back to, you know, everything you do in football to win, you have to be intense. And we were so good with and without the ball. And like we just we pressed as a team, we pounced on them. And the, the midfield three were the ones for me that completely set the tempo of the game. They were just the energy that Basuma and Saar brought and their ability to go and win the ball back and then basically give it to Madison um, was just, it, you know, it, was, it was textbook. And I mean, I, I like Mason Mount as a player, um, but Saar just ran him into the ground. You could see it after about an hour, he was exhausted, Mason Mount, and Saar just looked like he could, he looks like he can run for days, doesn't he? And it was great to see him in a role where he was a little bit more freer to, you know, when the ball went forward, you can go and get involved. Um, we, we never, you never see that, do you? We haven't for a long time. You know, all all of our midfielders have just been told, you know, get it, give it one, you hold your position. But even Basuma was, you know, making bursts into the box. And there were a couple of times in that second half where the ball went wide and we had five, six players in the box. Um, and it's no wonder that with Sars' goal, it came from I'm just going to gamble and, and make a run and the ball falls to him. So it, it was a phenomenal, phenomenal experience, um, performance. But I think the player for me that has made me just be like, wow, the most so far is Udogi at left back looks, my word, what an opening couple of games he has had. He's just, I mean, he's he's big and strong, but like technically he's fantastic. I think I wasn't there. I was watching the game on Sky and, um, you know, they were they were sort of getting on Poro's back a little bit for his inability to receive the ball, you know, on the half turn, which I get. But I thought Udogi was brilliant. I like technically, wow. And um, 
he's an incredible athlete as well. And you're looking at that back four and you're thinking, we've got four athletes in there. You know, like they're good footballers, but like all of a sudden we've got pace at the back, which we've not had that for a while, you know. And if you're playing, you know, a, a brand of football where you're going to press and be aggressive, you've got you've got to have mobile defenders. And for me, like, I'm just not even worried about left, the left back position anymore. And that's been a problem for a number of years, probably since Danny Rose. We, we've really struggled to have anybody in that position. And it's just I think he's an absolute superstar. I've been blown away by him the first couple of games. He's a beast. Um, he, I, I, like you, was so impressed with him yesterday, and uh, was I was also really impressed with Basuma. But the, what really shocked me yesterday for the first time—I don't know, maybe it's just because of the football we've been watching for the last three years—but Madison yesterday, there were three or four occasions in the midfield where he was surging, bursting past players picking up the ball and bursting past him, dipping his shoulder in and bursting past him. And I'm not saying that he, in every attribute, it's like this, but it's a little bit like Gazzy, you know, you know Gazzy just used to have that like 10 yard burst. And he just reminded me a little bit like that. And it's been so long since we've seen a player pick up the ball, not necessarily deep, but just pick up the ball in the middle of the park and like run at, at the opposition and take them on and burst past players. It was so refreshing to be there yesterday and to watch do you know what to, to watch them go and actually try and win it instead of to try not to lose it and then to nick one it was it was really really i mean i am also worried a bit but it was great it was so good to feel like you could get behind a group of players that were trying to go and win it now i'm right with you there um, Rob, I think, you know, the Madison looks really exciting. And I also just love the fact that he obviously loves it. And he loves the fact that he could be like the main man and, you know, getting his his kid to, to sort of, who can't even speak, to say, come on, you Spurs. And then he tweeted today just for like, you know, for the avoidance of doubt, I've never been a Guna. I mean, like, he's really going for it to like make sure that, the, that we all know that, he loves being here and he wants to be here and, and all the rest of it. Um, and yeah, and Jack, I completely, I thought Udogi looks incredible, oh. you know, and he's 20. And I think that's uh, what Ange said afterwards as well. It's like, we've got a lot, you know, Mickey van der Ven's young and um, Papa Sarah, I think is probably, I don't know, 22. 21. I don't know. I haven't got all their ages yeah. in front of me, 21, you know? So I think that's the other exciting thing is that we're also on the cusp of something exciting, given that we're building a, a young team. Um, and you know, I mean, we haven't talked about Ange yet, but like, how much do you love Ange? You know, just I've never listened to press conferences before. I've never bothered, uh, even with um with Pochettino. And then the other day, I don't know, I was doing something in the kitchen, and I put my headphones on and I listened to his Friday press conference where he talked about that Louis Theroux interview that he'd watched, where football's all about sort of both, you know, like all the joy you get but also you know the pain but it's the pain that makes the joy great and all that um i just think he's terrific and i'm i i, I like the and look it's not going to be straightforward as Rob, rob's just said like we're, we're probably gonna probably gonna finish around the same place that we have this year but i don't mind that i'm really up for just having a lot of fun going on a couple of really good cup runs if not a final um, and then, you know, and then just like getting ourselves ready for 
you know, like mounting incre- like some proper challenges in, in the next couple of years. Uh, I know I, that's a slightly different um, perspective to the if not now, then when of uh, this time last year. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but I feel a little bit more um, like I have to be a bit sort of, you know, careful this time, given how much egg fell on my face after that one. But yeah. Cog, it just it just seems to be he's very clear. He's just been really clear about the way he's going to play, like the kind of, I don't know, like the tempo of the team, to your point earlier, Jack. He just almost seems to just provide that clarity to everybody. And I just think that it's there's no nonsense, is there? All the drama with Conti and all the, like, the, what does he mean by that in press conferences? And is he having a dig at this person? And what does he mean by, like, there's none of that well you know bullshit frankly it's just it's very clear to everybody this is this is going to be our identity this is what we're going to stand for this is what we mean and he's quite old school in that way isn't he like he doesn't go in the dressing room at the training ground and all that stuff i've been so so impressed with him so impressed with him it's it's just he's just a good person it's it's just it's really basic stuff isn't it it's like we're amazed that it's just no bullshit games every time he talks as well it's about the team it's about the players it's never about him which is a a real breath of fresh air um i say as well vicario made some incredible saves now hugo was a great shot stopper so it's not like he's we've improved there but i think it's great to see we haven't lost that and we'll see how he goes but that that looks like to be a great buy as well and so the oldest player in the team now is that we started was son son had a decent game as well uh i thought stat- he was great i thought honestly i thought he was great son it's the best i've seen him play for a while it, 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 he didn't have that many opportunities to to score apart from that mazy run he went on in the box and you were just waiting for the net to go but i, I thought he had a really really good team performance that's it he completed i've got some stats he completed 20 passes which finished in the final third which is the most in the game this weekend and he created four chances which is the most for the team this weekend which is incredible i, I, I he's a real a real captain's performance i thought mm. so i mean i loved it oh, that's which... the point though asd i think like we've got to like look at the fact that this opportunity of like appointing captains I think have been some really excellent decisions as well because you can already see Romero for example slightly you can see him playing in a slightly different way because he's like I've got responsibility now so I can't just be like a a complete lone wolf in the in my in the madness of my you know I'm not suggesting that he's not going to get booked every other game because of course he is but you could just sort of see that he feels a bit differently about it, which I think is really, really important. Um, and just very quickly back, just one thing on Ange. I think the other thing, you're right, I think he's just like a good person. But I also think like, it's a very simple approach to why football matters. Because, <laughs> you know, if you look at, you know, the the boss of it all now is Guardiola, but that's all about him and how clever he is and what, how he sets the team out and blah, blah, blah. Whereas Ange goes, we want to play like this and he knows how to do it because that's what bring will bring the players and the fans joy. And that's how you communicate. Like, you know, that story that he told about watching football with his dad will always stay with me because that's what he's got in his mind is who's in those stands making memories with people that they love. And then the same goes for the players on the pitch, which I think is wonderful. That's exactly it. Uh, Are we worried about Richarlison? Yeah. Um, Yes. um, Go on, Jack. um, 
the difficulty is anyone who plays up top is going to get compared to Kane. Like that, that's the challenge that our our number nine is now going to face, right? Is that he will always what we've got to get used to is that our source of goals and creativity and attacks is not going to come come through that position anymore. Um, he he's not. He, I don't think he ever has been, and he doesn't look like being a prolific goal scorer. Like I think he would he score ten for in in a season at Everton. Like his track record is not that he's going to get you twenty goals. I think. I think he actually had an all right game against United. I thought he worked hard. He um he's not an out and out number nine for me. I, I actually think he's slightly more suited to, to being a wider forward and, you know, being able to get involved in and I don't think he suits his back to goal, if I'm completely honest. I think he's better with the ball at his feet and running at players, which you could do in the wide areas. So I feel a little bit for him. Um he's not gonna get twenty goals, he's not that type of forward. Um, which for sixty odd million, you know, is not great. Um, but I sort of feel like we knew that when we got him, didn't we? Like I don't think anybody's expecting him to to be that prolific scorer. So I think he's a decent player, but I just think we've got to maybe be a little bit more realistic about what we're going to get out of him. Matthew Side talks a lot about ten thousand hours of practice to build talent, and what worries me about him is we're going to need someone that's just going to snatch a lot of goals, and you know, just be in the right place at the right time. I actually. Like I was there as well. He said, I, I actually think he played really well yesterday. He works so hard, and he's really tough to get the ball off of, and he tracks back. And like he's definitely a, we should we should be thinking about not having him around in the team or anything, or in the squad, or even playing every week and lining up. Like he's great, but he does he has, for the last three or four seasons has he been relentlessly practicing in training those drills that put him in the right place at the right time in the six yard box to score goals. The answer is no, because he hasn't been expected to do that. And now we're expecting him to do that in a massive team that needs that needs him to score loads of goals. Um, because for sure, we're going to be conceding for some goals. And so I'm just a little bit worried that he hasn't got time to catch up to do what we need him to do this year. Um, but, you know, he seems to me like he's a really good lad. And I hope that it works out for him, you know. I'm sure they're going to buy someone at the same time. I'm, I'm sure that they can see that. Like we need another. We need another. Mm. If not a num, if not a traditional number nine, we need another attacker. And it feels like the way that Postecoglou plays is there's a bit of fluidity between that front three. And actually, like, and I think an old-fashioned number nine seems to be sort of disappearing out of the game at the moment. And you need to be able to basically play on the left for 15 minutes, then be able to play through them. You need to be that complete attacking player now so I would expect us to go and try and find another one of those type of players I'd be surprised if we went and bought a six foot four do you know mm. what I mean big big strapping centre forward I don't think that'll suit us I think you need mobility um so I could see us going and getting another wired forward that yeah. can sort of play because I think there'll be some games where Sun probably plays down the middle you know there'll be some where actually they might want to change it and play with two that like so I think that someone that can play in in all three of those attacking positions would be perfect Rich you're putting a face uh, yeah I know I I I agree that I think we're going to end up with another uh forward and I say forward rather than striker but I the thing that worries me about Richarlison because if you pose the question ASD of like are we worried about Richarlison? Is that he weirdly looked out of sort? He looks out of sorts to me. If you think about him, like buzzing around, having good energy, bit having a bit of a laugh, whatever. 
that's how he felt like last season. And I haven't seen that yet this season. So I wonder what's going on. Maybe he feels a different sense of responsibility and that, I don't know, and that might not suit him as well. But like, where's the energy of the Richarlison that we've seen so far? And that sort of, you know, I don't know, the, the, that sort of pigeon silliness. I don't know. I've not seen it this yet this season. And it's early days yet, so it could be for any number of reasons. But it does make me wonder. Maybe it needs a little, fr- like a, a little Brazilian friend, you know, like the, when we're, the Argentinians hang out, hang out together. Pardon? He's got Emerson. Emerson. Yeah. Yeah, this is true. Postacogra, after the Brentford match, said that they didn't think they were finding him did they? They weren't kind of using him in the right way. And I watched the game back on Sky um, late last night when I got home from the game. And when he came off, he sort of looked like he was, he clearly looked unhappy to come off. And he looked like he was sort of suggesting that a bit, didn't he? Pointing his arms and waving around. And if so, you know, it's sort of not really working for me at the moment. And maybe it just, it needs, he's coming out today and said he needs time, isn't he? So, you know. That's going to be one thing he gets at 60 million quid he's going to play this year. So he's going to get time. He said in an interview, he said uh, his reaction to being subbed, it was more with myself because I didn't get any ball there to shoot. So it's a little bit of him, a little bit of us. So once him and Madsen sort, sort themselves out, I think it will be super interesting to see what I see what's going on. What then. he does do well, though, with Charleston is he does occupy centre-backs well. Like he plays mm. up against defenders and it's like yeah. I, I did think that like the amount of space that, that especially Madison had, I think Richarlison did a lot of work off the ball to, to allow that. So I think um, you just with any striker, you just need that first goal to go in. Like once he gets the first one, it'll be like it'll be fun. He's not going to get 20, 25 league goals, but if he can hit double figures, if he can get between 10 and 15 league goals, that for me will be a good return because other players are going to contribute more this season as well. I mean, if we've got 15 league goals from Richarlison, and I think that'd be incredible. Yeah. We're still then lost 15 to 20 to make that we need to make up from Kane. I guess they're going to come from what, like Madison and Yeah, and you'd expect Sun to score more as well, wouldn't you, this year? Like, I think that we'll have our goal. I think that from looking at how we play, the goals will be spread more throughout the team this year. Yeah, yeah. I'll be honest, I'm more worried about Kuliseski at the moment and Me? kind of how he's going to adapt his game than I am worried about Richarlison. I'm he, 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 I'm sli- I really hope I'm wrong. And obviously, what do I know? Because not much. Otherwise, I'd be involved in football. But he looks to me like he's a bit of a kind of one trick being found out a little bit at the moment. I'm a bit worried. But, you know, what do I know? No, I said this last week. I'm a little bit worried. But he, he was very functional yesterday. I think he made some very smart plays, but very smart moves. And he moved on his right and his left. So I think he's, I think he's maturing into a very good player I feel like he might be one that we can improve on uh, noticeably but actually for the position he's he's doing fine at the moment don't want to he'll come good he's a quality player um he's the the numbers have dipped but the numbers that he got in his first six to 12 months were like he was never going to sustain that was it he no. was up there with the best attackers in Europe for that period when we first got him so it's yeah. like you know it was never going to be as good as that but I do think is a young player as well. I do agree with the point that he needs to probably evolve a little bit. But um, I think in this system, with the amount of opportunities that we're going to get in the final third, I think he'll. he'll I think he'll be fine. What is clear is the football intelligence is there as well. He's always in space. He's always in the uh, right place. It's, it's also where an, a, another attacking player 
can can create a, bit, a little bit of competition for him because he's sort of bit he, he's really been a nailed on starter isn't he without really anybody being able to put any pressure on him um i thought solomon looked all right when he came on as well by the way um, he'll do a job absolutely rapid but another yeah. an, another attacker um all i could I just think, think when solomon yeah. came on was jose dominguez <laughs> plays on the wingers i know what you mean yeah 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 <laughs> Is um Jose Dominguez, my god, I'd forgotten about him. He's another one that didn't wear shin pads. I um uh there was hope yesterday in that ground. There was such hope. We only played two games, and to be honest, there was hope before the game. So that we'd only played one game at that point. There was a buzz in the stadium in the corridors of the stadium, the gantry, whatever, going to the seat. Everyone was like, I think we could have lost yesterday and people would have still stayed behind celebrate. Like, There's a buzz. There is hope about we're at the start of a journey. And it's amazing what I really, it's incredible how fast things can change in football for such a large number. There was 67,000 people there yesterday and it's changed in like that from what it was, you know, amazing. Absolutely amazing. Well, the the noise of the crowd when Madsen was playing those first time balls, taking the ball from behind him, they're flicking it around the corner and playing it forward. We haven't seen that since Ericsson left. Like we really haven't seen it since Ericsson. We've squeezed the juice out of the Kane and Son partnership where that sort of happened, but that was playing on the break. Now with Madsen, we've got a player whose job it is to do that professionally, and it, it's incredible. The only other player we haven't talked about who I thought was brilliant was Pedro Porro. What I thought pushed Man United back down our right side really, really, really well. It's great when we could play. And it does make me think how bad Man United were. For all the money they spent, they spent a huge amount of money on that team. And I can't think of many players I'd want from that team in that the team that we played. I, complete, I could not agree more with that. And the amount of money they've spent on that midfield, which... I feel like everybody looked at that the season started and thought there is zero balance in there. Um, there's su- there's such a one-paced side. I think like looking at them, like it it was really evident that like like you mentioned earlier, Rob, like watching Madison and Basuma get the ball and just drive. We just ran through the middle of the pitch against them. Like Casemiro is a fantastic player, but like I've always felt that he's needed legs around him. You know, he's not he's not the most mobile player in the world. And you're like, you're relying, they're relying on Mason Mount and Bruno defensively. Like, do me a favour. If, you, if you're going into games and you've got 60, 65% of the ball, that's a nice midfield. But they're not going to have that. Like, they're, you know, they're, they're not a good enough side for that. And it's been funny listening to Gary Neville moaning about, oh, you know, this team needs major investment. They have spent so much money on that midfield. Is it the 60 million on Mount, same on Casemiro, similar on Fernandez? 90 Anthony. million Anthony. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, Maguire, 80 odd million. Like the, the, their, their squad is one of the most expensive squads ever assembled. Um, I think they're in for a tricky season, United. I really do. It's not going to be, they're not yeah. in the bottom half or anything because they've got quality players, but I think they're in for a tricky season. They look squidgy. They didn't, you know, once Tottenham had a, had a, had a crack first 10 minutes of the second half, they just, you know, there wasn't, considering Casemiro's in the middle there, you know, they looked a bit, a bit squidgy. I can see, you know, I know, I know he's completely banished, but I reckon Maguire will be back before long. The attitude's just poor. You don't. I, Anthony looks like Ziek for me. You know, just 
like it's all about him it's all about doing skills and tricks but it's not about the work rate it's not about the team Fernandez doesn't look like captain material to me at all he doesn't look like a leader got poor attitude poor body language and then Rashford love Rashford all the stuff he does you know all of that seems like a good kid as well he's not even a kid anymore he seems like a good man but his attitude playing down the middle was poor like he looked like he didn't want to be there. He played for Man United. I'll tell you what I don't get with that is I've never understood when when they obviously they, they lack a centre forward Man United, right? But yeah. what I don't understand is Rashford's probably their best player. Well, he was last year. Why yeah. would you take your best player out of his best position and move him to centre forward? Like I, I'm just like leave Rashford where he is on the left wing and whoever your next striking option is put them up top as you said uh, yeah. before I've just I've never understood because you then not only are you lacking a striker now you now they've lost the real impact that Rashford can have on a team I've just always been like your best player leave them in their best position and try and figure out you know other solutions because um I was buzzing I saw the team and I thought great Rashford up top he's going to have his back to goal he's going to be linking play. he's not going to be running in behind and making those awful out to him runs that defensively are a nightmare like I, I was delighted to see that Good, good, good. Uh, our next fixtures, we've got Bournemouth, then Fulham, Burnley, Sheffield United and Arsenal on the 24th September. Definitely got to keep an eye on that one. That's going to be a great affair. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing that just to see what happens. Win or lose, it's away. It's, you know, I, I'm not expecting to win it. So actually, whatever we do will be good. But Bournemouth, um, Saturday, 1230, it should be a win. Bournemouth aren't a bad team, but I, I'm hoping we go there yeah. and win. You, you've got to be going Bournemouth and, win, and winning. Like, I hope you know, so. We scored yeah. four last time, didn't we? Yeah, they haven't won yet. One, one, they've drawn one, lost one. Bournemouth, not a great team. Like they, 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 what they lost to Liverpool yesterday, three-one. Drew with West Ham. Not that bothered about them. All right. Up until the Arsenal game, we got a nice start to the season. I mean, United, bit tricky, but they, you know, clearly aren't quite there yet. Then we got we got some nice games to embed the new foot style of football, and we got quite lucky there. It's so nice not to be in Europe as well. Like we could be going to Lansk or Prague or Ajax, you know, this this week before playing that game, and it would be a real tricky one because we come back with an injury. We, you know, we'd we'd be knackered. But actually, we can rest. We can. I'm I'm really looking forward to that this season. Just seeing a bit, a few of the kids come through, seeing Dane Scarlett come through um, in the cup games, and then having a first eleven come out every Saturday and, and winning. Um, can we talk about West Ham Chelsea? Pochettino getting what a battered. game, by the way. What a game, game that was. But how have you two got enough time to be watching all this football as well? Rob, you've got oh. kids. No, I I didn't watch it. I um oh. quit. I recorded it and quickly passed forward it watched it, it when I got home from my. It was my um, nephew Cameron's uh, second birthday party today, oh. so um we uh, we birthday. rushed home and um. I thought I better rewatch that. I better just in case I'm going on the pod. I don't want to look like a, a even more than of a tour than I normally do. I better watch it. <laughs> I don't recognise half the names in Chelsea's team anymore. Like I just don't understand what they're doing. Like it's that's great. my it's ignorance as much as Chelsea anything. Brilliant. I mean, the goal by Chukwuemeka, and forgive me for that, was brilliant. And I think. Um, What's his face? Ward Prowse's balls in. We're incredible in that. That is going to be a nightmare for us. Ward Prowse balls right onto Vicario. Isn't great coming for balls. So that's going to be a nightmare for us. But what what is going on at Chelsea? I just don't understand it. I just the 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 interesting thing for me watching Chelsea is, and this is 
Pochettino, wherever he goes, he needs a bit of time. He's, yeah. he's shown it everywhere he's gone. You know, like at, at Spurs, it was a little bit up and down to start with. He went to PSG. That took him, you know, three, four months to figure out what was going on. He's, they've spent, uh, it's faster quite much money they've spent on a team that actually, even on paper, isn't even that good. Like I looked at their starting eleven today and I was like, I don't know how many of those players West Ham would take let alone some of the other top sides. It's, it's staggering how much money they've spent on really not a lot. Um, but I watched the whole game today. They should have been 3 or 4-1 up at half-time, Chelsea. They absolutely battered West Ham. Um, and West Ham did what West Ham do and what David Moyes' teams do so well is they just hung on in the game um, and were a threat from set pieces. I think Chelsea, if they stick with Pochettino second half of the season, um, will be dangerous. It's just whether or not they do, because if he if he is 11th, 12th after a dozen games, are they going to stick with him? You know, they haven't done so far. So why would it why would it be any different with him? Um, they've got some very, very, very good young players, but the, the transfer fees are staggering. 110 million for Caicedo. Unbelievable. Like, he's, a, he's a good player. He's not worth anywhere near that. And is it 60 odd million on Lavia from Southampton? Another yep. good young player. He's played 40 games. Do me exactly. <laughs> just, just do me. And they did, was it 70, 80 million on Enzo? And you're just like, you're looking well, at Mudrick. it thinking. More than Mudrick. that. Mudrick. Mudrick was the one Mudrick, me. 80 million. Enzo was over 100 million, wasn't he? And you're yeah. just like, it is staggering to watch them. Um, I just. Well, I, I don't, I don't think that Pochettino will be given time because of his, the amount of investment. I don't think he will. Pochettino's style of football, as well as being, you know, is all is is. I, I think it's always kind of founded on two core principles. Firstly, kind of coaching, every the 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 the, the monotony of understanding the process of your position in certain plays and the the kind of how it all webs together. And secondly, fitness. Like the Tottenham team, when we were good, that, that kind of 17, 18, 16, 17, 18 spell, they were so fit. And he got them really, really fit. And he just hasn't been there long enough to get them fit enough, has he? So he just needs games and training. Yeah, I still I still believe he's a good manager. I'm, I'm sure he'll he'll get there. But, and, but, but to your point, I mean, if Chelsea don't make the Champions League this year, they are they are going to have to firstly sell some of those players and secondly you know they're going to have a, they're going to have a real problem good 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 um, yeah i don't care at all about chelsea what i did love though which i'm sure everyone has seen is uh, jan vertonghen liking a tweet by i think it's the spurs express spurs, sorry yeah. the spurs web which said poch is getting schooled by 10 man west ham <laughs> and what amazes me is like, how do people even know? Do you know what I mean? It's like, who's looking at all of these things to find out within seconds that Jan Vertonghen <laughs> has liked a tweet? Liked it. Oh, yeah. but anyway, good old Jan. He's still one of us. One of us. Love that man. Uh, last week, I'm sure you both listened multiple times. Me and Jack predicted a few things for the end of the season. So I'm going to ask you the same question. So we've got them. And we'll, we we will actually revisit them at the end of the season. So Chris and Rob, can you tell me where we're going to finish? Uh, sixth. Sixth. If you'd asked me last week, I probably would have said seventh or eighth. But like yeah. you know, now that I'm we're in it and I'm an optimist, I'm going to say fifth. 
okay. If not, higher. First. 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 If not <laughs> yeah, now, when? Exactly. You know? First. Uh, FA win. Cup. Where are we going to finish in the FA Cup? Chris. Finalists. Finalists. Uh, quarter final. Quarter final FA Cup. Uh, no, semi final. Semi final League Cup. Yeah. Rob. Winners. Winners. Um, uh, oh, final. Oh, so we're getting to the semi-final of the FA Cup and the final. Of I the think we'll, Cup. I, I, I think we'll be a we'll, we'll be a cup team this year. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah. And that, we'll just go out to bloody Wickham. No. Uh, the unexpected hero, Chris Perisic. Oh, Perisic. Oh. oh, that is a big shout. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he's on the wine, isn't it? I, is. I, I am, I, I am, I am on the wine. But I have been saying since I came on to this pod now, you know, a half a season ago, that he's he's got it in him. He's going to score a big goal in a big game at some point, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to my guns, and uh, he's going to do that in one of those finals, Chris. I love that. Can I just say we've been we've been doing this pod for years and that is one of the best start of season predictions I've ever heard. That's fantastic. I've got two uh, unexpected heroes and I'm taking the question seriously because I think you know there are numbers who are going to be heroes but we're expecting it. Um, I think Dane Scarlett and Christian Romero. Oh yeah, love that. Didn't have either of those. Uh, losing my voice. Um, stand out player Jack Jarrett. <laughs> you want to say who you? I can't even remember what I predicted last week. Harry so Kane. I might, I might have said Perisic as well. You, you say Kane. Harry Kane. <laughs> you can't change your answer now, mate. <laughs> he's standing out for. He's definitely standing out. Yeah, it's definitely stand out. He's going to break the German goal scoring records this season. So but he's already beaten Shearer's Bundesliga record, did he? And really. Uh, standout player, Chris. So we have unexpected uh, hero. James Madison. If he's not unexpected, I think James Madison. That's, that's, why, that's what I put. Am I, allowed, am I allowed two? Yeah. Um, Vicario or yeah. uh, Udogi? Great shots. I really I, do think I, Vicario is going to surprise people. He's going to be busy, so he's going to get he's going to get lots of <laughs> <Yeah>. practice. <laughs> um. I think Kare got a touch of the grobbelars about him. Yeah, maybe. He's quite big though, isn't he, Chris? I saw him I just, yesterday. He's quite big. He's quite imposing. Yeah. I think there was just something about the fact that it's, he's all drama. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I, you know, like you've got some goalkeepers who are just like, I'm just going to be efficient about this. It's like he is full of drama. I mean, you know, which I'm, I'm definitely there for. But yeah. It's going to be a worry, but he's. I just think he's, some of those, he's just going to be pulling blinding saves out all over the place. He's, he's, you know, some of the, you know, keepers that just had those days, he's going to be one of those. No, he just, what if Hugo, he was never a guy, you, did, you never felt like he was someone who loved goalkeeping. He just he enjoyed playing football. It made him a lot of money. It was a good lifestyle and he was good at it. Vicario looks like he loves goalkeeping. You know, sleeps yeah. in his kit. Well, like, watch properly. Mary Earps today. She loves being a goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah. That's right. She absolutely loves it. And I, I don't know, I think you're right about Loris, but I'm not sure he even liked being a footballer particularly. I don't mean Just that like, in a bad oh, way. Well, it could have been it could have been this or tennis and I chose this. Yeah, yeah. 
I think exactly. um, Vicario fits the mould of he looks like he's got a screw loose. Yeah, yeah. And like the best keepers yeah. do. And you know, he'd, uh, of all of the new signings we've got, it'd be great fun on a night out. Like he would, you if you ended up, you know, on a night out with him, God knows the stories. Like he looks like the real crazy one of the group. So um, I like I like him more than I like most goalkeepers. And I'll, yeah. and I'll leave it there. <laughs> uh, well, what do you think we'll be feeling at the end of the season? Last season, we ended feeling pretty miserable. So what do you want to be feeling? What do you think we will be feeling at the end of the season? I can tell you what we said we we had, but I don't want to impact yours. Rob's is going to be buzzing because Perisic has scored 30 league goals. In a final, by the way. <laughs> Which think, will probably be I more think, than Haaland. Um, more like like excited for what we're building i think and just like hopeful for like what the what the new you know what's going to come next because i think we'll see that we're really building something exciting and we might not have like we might not see it to its fruition this season because you know that it does take time to build yeah by the end of the season i definitely want to feel like we're a we're a proper team again you know that we got we got big teams coming at the ground, or we're going away, and we're not. You know, no one's looking forward to playing us, um, and that we're a you know we're a team to be feared again in that in that sense, and that we are playing with an identity that makes us you know proud to want to watch it, but also where we're winning. I mean, we do want to win, um, and yeah, just in, in incremental improvements, right? Just what I don't want to be at the end of the season thinking, oh, crap, you know, we're finishing middle of the table, bottom half of the table, worried, post, you know, Postacoglu's under pressure because we're shipping goals. All that. Like, just a little bit of stability with the right football and progression and just, you know, feeling like we're building and, mo- and moving forwards. So I just I couldn't face if it's... 10th, 11th, shipping goals, questions about the manager, Richarlison moaning. I, I just, you know, I couldn't face that, I don't think. Goal difference. That, I mean, that that's great. Jack said I, we had to go. I said aimed high and had a bit of flexibility. And I think all of what you, some of what you said is is captured in that. Um, I just, I was just a bit, bit shorter. Um, goal difference at the end of the season. I could, we didn't have a big goal difference last season. Plus 10. Yeah. 10. I went 12. I think it'll be lower than that. Um, but I think we'll score a lot of goals. We'll just we'll score more goals than we scored in the last couple of seasons. But we'll ship a shitload more as well. What, like eight? Six? I don't know. I'll just put one. Four. Good. Thank you. We'll revisit that at the end of the season. I, I really feel sorry, uh, bad for Everton. They look terrible at the moment. And they're in trouble, aren't they? They're oh, in trouble already. Yeah. And oh, their striker, what's his face? Calvert Lewin just can't catch a break, can he? Just with the commentator, the, I think the commentator on the radio said if he, di- if he didn't have bad luck, he'd have no luck at all, which is quite damning. <laughs> Poor fella. <laughs> Um, that's it. Thank you. I mean, it's been. It's obviously it's great to be back in business. It's great to want to see Tottenham. Like I, I, 
what I said to a friend yesterday, I was like, look, think back five years, five years ago to 2018. What were you doing in 20, this time in 2018? And you think about all the things that have happened since then. I've had a kid, I've lost my mum. I got a job in China. I didn't go. We've done five episodes of this, done, you know, all this stuff. That was the last time I looked forward to watching the next Tottenham game. You know, all that stuff's happened. And now we're here. And actually, it's quite exciting. We've got a brand new team. There's only one pl- person left who's from who started the Champions League final, I think. Or, you know, Davis is there as well. But Davis and Son. But we've really got a new team. The average age is way lower. This is These are the little bits that made the Pochettino team. You know, this high intensity, the high energy, playing with a smile, people who wanted to be at the club. I just... I feel it in my bones. And I don't know, Tottenham, it's, it is about playing with a smile. It is about the glory of the game. And it feels like we've got that back a bit. You know, it's we played some champagne football yesterday. Multiple commentaries said it. And it, it's just a shame what had been done to our club over the last five years. But here we are now. We've got players who really want to make it what we want it to be as well. And that that's really exciting. So I'm looking forward to this new year. I'm looking forward to the season with you you lot as well. So thank you for coming. Have, I, have we missed anything? Any other business? Sorry about England today. Bit sad times, it but amazing sad. achievement. It was sad, etc. Um, but they had a really good tournament. And then the only other thing is, is the ongoing um, campaign that the Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust are running about um, the increase in ticket prices. And I just think it's something that we should be thinking about because it might feel all right now, but you know, there there's always a possibility it's the thin end of the wedge. Yeah. And we don't want to price or I mean, you know, it's hard for someone on an ordinary wage to go to a football match as it is. Um and that stuff matters that we it's not just a tourist attraction, that, that we do actually have, you know, fans who are generational fans who can, you know, I go with my nephew, but I'm privileged in the fact that I can afford to to take him with me. Um, but, you know, this, the amount number of stories you read about, you know, somebody who's gone with their dad and their dad went with their his dad um, and now the kids can't go because it's too expensive and all of those other things. So I think, you know, to keep the soul in our football clubs, we have to make sure that, you know, the fans that, be, that will be there when it's a cold Tuesday night game against Burnley and it's snowing or whatever, you know, not necessarily you'll choose to go to the theatre if you're on that cold Tuesday night in Burnley rather than go to a football match and you know that stuff matters for our football team as well so get behind the protests um because I think we need to get those ticket prices down well said totally agree little diatribe there no I mean it's quite sad really because the the heart of football is is the community you know it's it, it seems like they're trying to copy the american model which relies a lot on americana right i mean you know, the, the the success story is nfl the reason the nfl is so successful is because there's a very f- small amount of teams they play very few games and people are into it because it's a very american sport i've you know, if if this was the national sport of Bolivia, there wouldn't be as many people in Europe who were massively into NFL, right? But but and and so that there's this there's this thing about nationality which comes into NFL which we don't have here, and so trying to make this this 
mad touristy sport where we're trying to get people from all over the world to, there's too much football there's too much too much options and again we're playing better football now but we can't make it the sport of tourists and we can't make we can't make it an investment it has to be part of the community that's all it ever has been and maybe we're behind the curve because man united and liverpool and even arsenal have been talking about this for years and maybe we're just playing catch-up but it's it's a very sad state of affairs but I don't know. We'll all be sporting Saudi Arabian teams soon, no, anyway. No, I'm not against, against tourists loving to come to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium of course when they're not. on holiday, right? It's like, of course not. Knock yourselves out, right time, and you know, and Spurs hasn't been a, like a community football club for a very long time either. I think that's the other thing. You know, football clubs are about brands now, but you do have fan bases that are generational, and I don't want to lose that. And I want my nephew to be able to take his kids in 20 years time too and for that to be a thing that we do as a family yeah i mean I, it I matters take... it's all those things you talk about about like the memories that you create with the people that you love sorry rob i was gonna say that i i um i take both of my two boys there uh sam is 10 and leo's uh six this year and i mean he hasn't really been coming but i i'm i'm like like you chris i'm fortunate and privileged enough to be able to to, to take them to the games but the, the, the concession situation at the, at, at the club is just, it's unacceptable, to be honest. I mean, AI had a fight to be able to get concession seats with them at all. Um, but the family point, and I kind of understand it in my, on the one sense because of the waiting lists and so many people are on it and stuff, but it is now not possible for you to keep tickets in a family generationally. And so if if you are supporting the club and say for example i was my father's no longer alive sadly but if I, when when his ticket when he passed away he, i i had such a fight with the club to get his ticket transferred to one of my children and their answer was well well you can't do that there's a weight in this but you can get him another seat but you know i'm like he's seven what's he gonna do sit four rows back on his yeah. own like you, they they, yeah. they fundamentally have to shift their position around concessions families allowing allowing people to be able that have supported the club all their lives and their parents all their lives to 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 enable that that to carry through both financially because the pricing is unacceptable but act also actually you know they have to they have to think of they have to remember that that they have to do that. And I know a lot of people that are also lucky enough to have season tickets that go with their children and they don't sit together. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Well, funnily enough, the if you on the trust, what there are three asks. One is a full reversal of the match day ticket price increases, which may or may not happen. But I think two and three are the ones that we should be we should be really focusing on, which is a commitment to sort of real fan input on all pricing discussions looking at sort of fair and sustainable ticketing strategies including junior young adult and senior ticketing policies and that's policies not just prices precisely for the reasons that you've just set out there rob and then also a, a guarantee of no price increases for the 24-25 season because you know you can smell that um season ticket increases are on their way Guaranteed. you know guaranteed that's i mean i'll be shocked if it doesn't go up yeah it's just you know it's 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 a lot of money to go and 
I, I think that they can. The, the other thing as well is, is that when you actually look at their financial accounts, which I'm sure in your fan, in your various boards that you're on, Chris, you do. Ticket revenue is actually such a small percentage of their overall revenue. Like it's not the difference between them signing an 80 million pound player and a 70 million pound player, or you know the board getting a five million pound bonus or a three million pound bonus. It's it is almost a non-event on the on on the finances of that club. The, the fan revenue, not necessarily stadium revenue per game, but fan revenue. You know. Yeah. For, T- ticket prices it's like two percent so it's ridiculous it's, it's un it, they they don't there are other things that they can do they don't need to do it and yet they do it's just it's I unacceptable henry, i heard henry winter i heard henry winter on the radio saying one of the you know, the reason what you know the reason why the premier league is so rich is because of those broadcast deals and the reason why you have such high um value for the broadcast deal is because the product in inverted commas is so vibrant and the reason why you love the premier league as opposed to the bundesliga Serie A, etc is because of listen the atmosphere yesterday what a spectacle on the television right incredible makes you want to be there it makes all those overseas fans go this is the thing that i want that's why i love spurs and all the rest of it and so the argument that henry winter was making is that fans should get a cut of the broadcast deal because of their contribution to it so on that basis we certainly shouldn't be increasing our ticket prices so there we go well, more to not, come. That bombshell. I think it's time to end the pods. Um, as ever, it's lovely to see your beautiful faces. We'll see you in a week uh, after we battered Bournemouth. So good times. Thank you, and don't forget, whatever happens, the future's bright. The future's lily white. Come on, you Spurs! I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game. But I never realised until today. Just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2. It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next. 
We are Blanche Flower, Ardelis, and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.